Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk, AM 1150. The Dog Show is brought to you by The Natural Pet Pantry. Raw and cooked food for both dogs and cats. Find them online at naturalpetpantry.com. It's nice to be back. I was out of town, um, played some of my, a couple of my favorite shows over the last two weeks as I was out of town. I wasn't out of town for the whole two weeks, but uh, went back to the, um, I think I talked about it last time I went, which was maybe last year. For those of you who are devoted listeners, um, a friend of mine has like 150 acres out in northeastern Washington state, which is right up close to the Canadian border. And it's um, sort of off the grid. So it's like actually literally off the grid. It's like no electricity and water from a a well. Um, And it's like off of a forest service road. And it's basically like heaven for the dogs. And for myself as well. (laughs) Uh, It's really nice to unplug, for sure. And, you know, they get to be off-leash. We had a whole bunch of dogs. um, Between everybody who was there, there were like six dogs, a cat, and three people. And, um, you know, one of the things that I was noticing was that the dogs, well, they're just in heaven. I mean, the joy that they experience the whole time they're there is just so fun to witness. And of course, I love it for my own reasons. But one of the things that's so great is knowing that the dogs are just so happy. And they get to be outside for, you know, 15 hours. Eh, Maybe not that long. Probably 12 hours, at least. Outside, off leash, with me, you know, running around, splashing in the stream, running through the fields, going on walks, hanging out, uh, laying in the shade, you know, for day after day after day. And they're just, they're different dogs when they are out in that. I mean, they're not totally different, but the, the um, like how just calm and balanced they are when they're really where they're supposed to be. Two of my dogs are Australian cattle dogs. And that's, I mean, that's what they're made for is that type of uh, environment. And they are just so amazing out there. I posted a picture on our Facebook page. Um, you can find us on Facebook at The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. And um, I posted this picture. We were driving into town. We went into town a couple times. And it's off of a Forest Service road. So it's minimally maintained (laughs) um and we see all sorts of stuff one time we saw a little bear um run across the road when we were driving through and anyway one time or this last time we were driving out to town and we passed this sign and I have a picture of it posted on our Facebook page so so check it out it's really cute it was quite a popular photo um there's a sign that said cattle guard and it's a cattle guard I guess is like a Thing that they put into the ground, like poles on sort of like laid down to, I think, keep cattle in or out. I think the cattle don't like to walk on it. That's my guess. Um, but the sign said cattle guards. So we had to pull over real quick and get the cattle dogs out. And I had them pose next to the sign. It was really cute. So, Eric. Yes. How's it going? It's going pretty well. I'm glad to have you back in the studio, but it sounds like you had a fantastic time. And uh, mm. 
you know, all the things you were describing. Never mind the dogs. That just sounds like fun for a person as well. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Hang <It's>, out. <laughs> yeah. Relax. <laughs> really unplug. It's uh-huh. so it's so important to do and not the easiest thing to do. I right. know for my for me included, but important to, you know, I put an outgoing message on my voicemail, put an auto reply on the email mm-hmm. and was like, I'll be back in a week. <laughs> right. <laughs> and normally I'm like checking, you know, all of them multiple times a day. So it's it's really I think really important to kind of slow down. And and it's been pretty perfect weather as well. Uh, we had a little bit of um, off and on downpours. Did you experience the, the big lightning and thunderstorm that we had over here? Uh, when we were driving in, it was August 1st, and we saw some crazy lightning right when we were getting there, like driving up yeah. to the property, like lightning that comes down and then spreads into all these different it was really cool. I cool. was like, hmm. Yeah, this last Saturday, it was it was crazy for like an hour <laughs> mm. over Tacoma and Seattle, I believe. You know, mm. so yeah, you may have missed that, but it sounds like you got your own show. Yeah, we did. <laughs> got a little thunder too. Yeah, which I enjoy. I'm not freaked out, and fortunately, my dogs don't care about thunder. So, so the dog, your dogs don't mind. No. Yeah. Or fireworks. Our dog was a little bit, uh, you could tell she was antsy. Uh, and yeah. the cats were a little antsy, too, from yeah. the thunder. Yeah, super, super common. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that is I just been re- sort of reflecting on and that's I'm excited about, I'll be talking in the last segment a little bit more about what I've got coming up that's exciting about the show um, and some other things that I'll be doing. But I've been, um, had this sort of personal revelation um, of just in my own life, kind of realizing that I've been taking on more than I can handle. Um, I can handle a lot. I'm a busy person. I got a lot going on mm-hmm. and it's great. That's like kind of how I operate. So there's a part of me that really thrives in like multitasking and all that stuff. But kind of got to a point where I have this uh, kind of had this other project that I've been working on for a couple of years and it's kind of a big deal and I just realized or in this sort of next round we were kind of gearing up for I was just like man you know the energy is just not there for me mm. and I started another project uh, I started writing a book this summer which I'm really excited about about um, leadership and dogs and um, it's it's awesome. I'm super excited about that. I'll be talking more about that, of course, when I'm closer to uh, getting that published. But um, We'll have to get someone in to interview you about the book once <laughs> it's out because you interviewing yourself might be a little weird. So Might be a little weird. Let's get a guest host in for that episode. Yeah, or yeah. I'll be happy to interview there you, you go. about the book. So. Yeah. Um, so I just realized, okay, I need to let this other project go. And so I did and immediately felt like this, you know, freeing up of energy mm-hmm. and have kind of had this like major shift. So I'm 35. I'm about to turn 36, September 8th. Um, and I've been in business for myself do- for dog training and behavior for almost 13 years now. No, not in business for myself for about 10 years for myself and then doing the work for about 13 years total But for the last decade or so, I've really been building my business, my training business, Sensitive Dog. I do in-home private lessons in the Seattle area and um, for dog training and behavior. And then I've had the show now for like four and a half years. 
uh, the radio show. And um, I've been in this mindset up until very recently of just sort of like continuing to grow, 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 grow. And I kind of realized like, well, I think I'm taking on more than I can do because everything sort of suffers, you know, when you're spread too thin. Or biting off more than you can chew, as (laughs) the expression goes. Nice. Nicely put. Um, And so I just kind of had the shift and I'm really excited because it means that there's more, will be more, there'll be enough energy from me to put into what I have going on now. My training business, the show. And this new project that I've got um, started this summer, which is writing a book. So excellent. Um, it just feels good. And it's, you know, it's something that I talk to my clients about all the time as far as like working with their dogs. Number one, rule number one, be present. Mm-hmm. It is rule number one. You have to be present. Turn your phone off, you know, take a deep breath. And just even if it's for five minutes, when you're working with your dog, you really want to be completely, completely tuned in, not just looking at your dog, but like really tuned in with all of your body, listening. How does your dog feel to you? And just being super, super, super present. And it's something that's so challenging, I think, in general, because everything moves so fast. I've talked about this a lot over the years on the show. Everything is so fast, technology, faster, faster, faster. And really, multitasking is not a good fit for working with dogs. And that's something that dogs really teach us or remind us about is the importance of just really slowing down, getting present, being where you are. And um, there's something very therapeutic about it. Dogs are very therapeutic. Most people who live with dogs would agree with that. Um, so I'm, what is it? Walking the walk. Is that what they say? As well as talking the talk. Talking the talk. Yes. (laughs) Walking the walk. Um, Practicing what I preach, I guess. Um, You know, I have no problem getting present with dogs in training because it's what I do. I mean, I'm on the clock, so I'm all there. Right. But in my own life and my own dogs, you know, I see the space for me to get better at doing that. And it's really just been such an awesome shift. I'm so excited I've got a new um, aspect of the dog show that will be rolling out this fall that I'm really excited about. And I'll um, talk with you about that, Eric, in the last few minutes of the show. And speaking of the therapeutic um, benefit of living with dogs, uh, in the second segment, I'm going to be talking with Lisa Phobian, who is... um, a local woman here in Western Washington, and she's um, created an event that's happening this Saturday, and it's called Help Bruno Sniff Out Canine Nasal Cancer. And Bruno was a was her service dog, and um, was this really beautiful, um, handsome Rottweiler who passed away this year of canine nasal cancer. And Lisa has a really Um, important story to tell because the um, diagnosis was missed over and over and over again. So she's going to be on with us when we come back from break, telling her story and really just informing you guys who are listening um, 
one in three dogs in their lifetime will be affected by canine cancer. That's one in three. That statistic sucks. And it's scary and chewy. My first dog, he died of cancer. Um, That is on, you know, I did a a bunch of shows about that. Um, That happened while I had this radio show. So you can scroll way back and uh, listen to that part of my life. But and there's so many different kinds of cancers. It's crazy. Um, So anyway, we'll be back talking with Lisa about her event, Help Bruno Sniff Out Canine Nasal Cancer. And you can find them on Facebook to find out more about the event. And we'll be talking with Lisa in the next couple segments, too. So stay tuned. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different proteins to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their Burien shop, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your home. Natural Pet Pantry will even work with your vet to custom blend a prescription diet for your pet's unique needs. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. Natural Pet Pantry. It just makes sense. Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair discusses issues that are important to you, like good health and well-being finding a new job, and building your business, overcoming life's big challenges, and making sense out of chaos, and living with passion and joy. Join us Mondays at noon Pacific for Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair. See conversationslive.net for show schedule and guest information. Good afternoon, Seattle, and welcome to The Joker Show. I'm Joe Janot, live on Alternative Talk Radio. If you're going to have The Joker Show, you have to have on the town with Lisa. You know, there is a lot of blogging and Twittering about Seattle Sonics. I think the expansion is coming sooner than we expect. And then at the 2 o'clock hour, man, we're going to talk booze. So we brought in a cool cat from Three Point Production to talk about the event. Talking about a documentary. There's not any documentary. Talk about hip-hop, about the vibe of Seattle, and how it sort of We're talking food, sports, and fun every Friday, 1 to 3, here on Alternative Talk 1150 with The Jopra Show. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to Canine Caviar, we cover the world of animals. This week, August 18th, always entertaining, Kevin McDonald and Kim Miller Medium and Animal Intuitive host the show for me. They'll have open phone lines so Kim can help you connect with your animal or human loved ones on this side or the other. Plus, it'll be your last chance to win free tickets to the open house and barbecue fundraiser at Macaw Rescue and Sanctuary Incarnation. Martha Narwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Radio with no added hormones or preservatives. All natural Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. Safe in the trees, you had tears on your face. Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. And we're back with Lisa Fobian, who is a local woman here in western Washington and has put together an event that's happening this weekend on Saturday. Um, Help Bruno Sniff Out Canine Nasal Cancer. Lisa, welcome to the show. 
Hi, how are you? Great. Good. So glad that uh, I was introduced to you through actually someone with uh, Puget Sound Doc Dogs, who I adore that whole group. And I did their event, uh, emceed their event at Bite of Seattle and just had a blast. And she let me know about your event and um, we got connected and here we are. So I'm so glad that you're able to take some time with us today and share your story with uh, or Bruno's story, um, because it's really, um, first of all, just such a such a sad story, but important information to really share and help raise awareness to anyone who's listening um, to help prevent things like this from happening again. Um, so Bruno was a gigantic, extremely handsome Rottweiler. Yes, he was. And he passed away just this year. Yeah, he passed away February 23rd at okay. about 11.30 p.m. All right. And tell me, now you had sort of a, a really frustrating and um, long ride with sort of chasing symptoms and trying to find answers. And I want you to share with everybody, you know, how did it start with his symptoms and kind of that whole uh, um, experience that you had kind of taking him into the vet and, you know, over and over and over, you, you the diagnosis was missed, basically. So tell us how that all started. I'd be happy to. Um, in the first part of last summer in June, he started getting a nosebleed. And the, the first day it was just kind of trickled. And then the next day it got really bad. And it was just everywhere. It was on the walls. It was just, it was, it was a really bad nosebleed. Mm -hmm. And um, we called the vet that had been seeing him for the last few years. And uh, he said, well, it's probably, you know, an allergy. And um, he had given us already a big uh, bottle of antibiotics and said, you know, give him the antibiotics. That should take care of it. So we uh, put him on the antibiotics and that took care of the, the first nosebleed and um, he said but you know bring him in so we brought him in and he looked inside his nose and said I, I really don't see anything and 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 the antibiotics took care of it mm -hmm. and then um, months later he got another really bad nosebleed and we took him in again they said oh it's probably allergies you know he's he's been sick a lot but you know you're doing you, you you're doing really good, and he's he's as healthy as an 18 month old puppy. You've really you know done a good job getting him healthy. So we put him back on the antibiotics, and um, stopped the nosebleeds again, and he was doing he he was doing good. But then he started sneezing, and his eye was um, getting real goopy, and he aged really fast all of a sudden. His snout got really gray, and um, he slowed down. And I was looking at him, and I was like, buddy, what happened? You look like an old man, you know. And um, and then, you know, it just, other than sneezing and the watery eye, we, we had no other symptoms. He was playing with our other dog, Madison. He was eating. He was playing. He was happy. And... Um, you know, life went on. Um, last and then in um, last October, 
he was uh, laying in the hallway waiting for me to come home, and I noticed a little spot of blood on the wall in the hallway where he was laying, and I was like, hmm, you know, and I, I didn't think much of it. I was getting ready for my parents to come home and uh, from from Greece, and um, but he he was still doing really good, and and then just as the holidays came, he started shivering and he wasn't doing good outside. He was just his health was uh, rapidly declining. So I took him again to our vet, and our vet, you know, took a blood test. That's all he did. He just took a blood test. And um, he came back and said, well, he's got worms. And I said, worms? How can this guy have worms? Well, he said, don't let him play in ditches. Bruno's my service dog. Bruno doesn't play in ditches. He he, he hates ditches anyway. And he didn't do a fecal exam or anything. He just said, oh, he's got worms. So I wanted to get a second opinion, and this vet, at the time, uh, wouldn't release any of the medical records. And um, so we took him anyways to a second vet. By the time we got him into the second vet, his health just overnight, I mean, drastically declined. He was just dying in front of us. So we got him in, and um, the vet asked for the, the records from the previous vet, and he didn't want to give it to her, but she demanded him, and, and he... Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's illegal. <laughs> like You can't just do that. Yeah, yeah. And so he did give her the blood work, and they took some more blood work. So she came back and said, well, he's really, really sick. You could see at this point Bruno had the green um, coming out of his nose, and which is very indicative of... of nasal cancer. His eye was swollen um, and really goopy. He was shivering all the time. Um, he was just really frail looking. And the, this vet said that um, he had pancreatitis, that his blood count, his white blood count was uh, low and uh, put him on, oh, that he had hip dysplasia, um, low back instability, just just uh, a grocery list of things that were wrong with him. And if I can just say one thing, anyone out there that's listening right now, if a dog has cancer, their body will start showing these signs. Their body will start shutting down at the end stages. And these are some symptoms that may come up their body is going to start giving out like this. Anyways, um, but I didn't know this at the time. Mm-hmm. So we brought Bruno home. We put him on the antibiotics. We put him on pain meds. We put him on um, steroids. And, um, you know, it just, nothing was happening. I, I was hand-feeding him, giving him water from a sports bottle. I slept with him. I stayed up with him. And he wasn't getting any better. Then he started having a hard time breathing. And he was getting dehydrated. So we took him back in to the, to the second vet. And she took some x-rays of his lungs. And I kept saying to them, can you please look at his nose? There's something wrong. 
and I trusted that they would take a look at his nose, but they didn't. And when they took x-rays of his lungs, they saw a shadow on his lungs. And they came back and they said, it looks like he was kicked by a horse. Do you have horses? So I don't have a horse. Um, well, then maybe he got hit by a car. Do you let him run around? I'm like, this is my service dog. He does not run around. He does not leave me. Well, he, he's got bruising. Maybe it's just because he's so sick. Oh, okay. Well, what do I do? Give him, let's, we're just going to give him more pain meds and all, and all this stuff. Well, uh, in February, his nose started bleeding again, and this time it wouldn't stop. And it was, it was um, very bad. And anyone who has seen a dog with this heavy type of a nosebleed, it's shocking. It, you can't stop it. And I'm not a vet, so my terminology or my pronunciation will be wrong, but I believe it's pronounced um, paxia. No, I'm saying it wrong. But it's it's shocking. Mm. Um. You, anyways, um. So, I called the I called the second vet again, and I told them, and instead of them having us come back in, she said, "You need to go see a specialist. Here's their number." She didn't tell me what to say. She didn't send in any of his records. Nothing. So I called this specialist. Um, I told her what was going on. She said, oh, it doesn't sound like it's anything urgent. She scheduled this out for a day that he didn't make. Mm. Um, So I called a beloved, a beloved old family vet um, over in Linwood, Snow King Veterinary. Mm. He's he's this man. He's like Dr. Doolittle. (laughs) And uh, we took him there, and he... With the records that he had, he gave Bruno a thorough exam, but he had never seen nasal cancer. Mm-hmm. And um, but he took care of Bruno the best that he could. And um, but the, you know, it, it just it, it got to the point where um, the last week he was, um, you know, he was losing his nasal cavity. Um, it was. It was just really hard to watch, you know, mm. because when you have a dog, you know, and they get a boo-boo, they come to you and they're like, you know, help me. And you're helpless with mm-hmm. something like this. Mm. You cannot help them. Um, but on, um, you know, the day before he passed, we thought that he was actually getting better. You know, you hear about when, when people are, are passing away, and they become really, really lucid, and they're mm-hmm. just really aware and alert. And you're like, oh, they're look at this. They're better. You know, yeah. you think that you're getting them back. And that's what happened with Bruno. He got up, and he was playing, and mm. and um, it was just, it, we thought it was a miracle. We've got our, we've got our Bubba back. Mm. Um, but the next day, actually at 3 o'clock in the morning, um, he, he just, declined and um, he was bleeding internally and it was coming out he um, uh, from everywhere and I knew this was the end so um, 
that afternoon, you know, he was laying on his bed, and he just looked at me, and his eyes were just glazed. He had lost his sense of smell, and um, he just kind of looked at me like, Mom, you got to let me go. You know, he'd been battling eight months. He gave this thing eight months, which is more than most dogs can do without being treated. And um, I just looked at him, and I said, oh, okay, Bubba, all right. And uh, he sat up, and he just, he sits up, and he's like, look at me, I'm so strong. And um, he just gave me a lick on the chin and stared at me in the eyes and laid back down, and that that was when he started to die. Mm. Um, and we took him in that evening when he couldn't breathe anymore to the vet, and um, we hoped that, you know, somehow he would make, that, you know, we were wrong and that he would make it. Because he always made it. He always kicked the, whatever whatever was wrong with him from when we got him from a puppy. Um, but he he couldn't he couldn't kick this one. And um, when we were in the vet, you know, the the um, the veterinaries at Pilchuck, uh, Doctor Tucker, he's like, you know, we're either going to have to do something because he's suffering, or we're going to have to. Um, Save his, try to save his life. And I knew there was nothing else to do, but my kids were like, we got to save him. So I was like, okay, let's got to do this for the kids, save him. But I, I, I knew. And there was nothing else we could do for him. Mm. So, you know, when it was time, we had maybe five minutes to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. So we went in and I uh, knelt down by him and I told him he did a good job and that he helped Mama, that he did a good job helping Mama. And, um, sorry, that it was time to go to night now. He was just looking at me, and uh, he went to sleep. Mm. Um, so I've never stopped fighting for him, and, uh, you know, it's too late. For Bruno, and so you know now we are fighting for all the other dogs. Mm. Well, um, it's such a tragic story, and um, you know, I I'm I'm feeling for you right now. I mean, I think there's a lot of people that are probably weepy right now. Um, so you've got this event that you have created out of this experience in his memory, and yeah. it's called Help Bruno Sniff Out Canine Nasal Cancer, which yeah. is what took his life. And mm-hmm. you're raising money this weekend for Chase Away Canine Cancer, which is an organization that raises money for uh, cancer, canine cancer research and awareness and education. And then you're also going to be donating part of what you make to Motley Zoo, which is a um, yeah. rescue. Yeah. And, um, you know, the we're going to go to break here in just a, just a second. But one of the things, I mean, I've been in this industry for, as I was just talking earlier, for about 13 years now locally. 
And I work a lot with health, another area of expertise of mine is food. And, you know, I work with training and behavior and um, I'm always, you know, health is an important thing to be aware of because sometimes dogs act a certain way because they don't feel good. And I work, I've worked a lot with my clients and their vets. And um, I've met a lot of really wonderful vets in the area. Um, and I've also been extremely disappointed frequently, more frequently than I think is acceptable. Um, the veter- the institution of veterinary medicine is disappointing to me in general. They just put out this anti-raw food policy recently. Um, an anti-homeopathy policy recently. It's similar to the human uh, human medicine, general medicine, where they're basically owned by pharmaceutical companies and prescription diets. And uh, it's really angering to me to hear your experience. And I just uh, want everybody to know, well, this is true for yourself too, but for your pets, you have to be fierce about advocating for their health. And if you are not satisfied with the information that you get from one vet, go to another one. And if you're not satisfied by that one, go to another one. And you unfortunately can make your way around a few and it might take you a few attempts to find someone who you feel confident and comfortable with who's able to meet your needs. I know that it's not an exact science and I know that the symptoms, we're going to talk about this when we come back from break, but the symptoms that Bruno showed were symptoms that could be a number of different things. And I know that it's not an exact science, but there's a certain level of standard that I think needs to be higher. It's just not acceptable. Um, So Lisa, let's take a quick break and we'll come back in just a few minutes. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. I love my dog as much as I love you But you may think My dog will always come through All he asks from me is the food To give him strength All he ever needs is love And that he knows he'll get So I love my dog As much as I love you Do you have an injury, old or new, that won't heal? Are you fighting a cold or illness you can't kick? Do you feel like you've tried everything and are still struggling to find wellness and balance in your physical health? Have you been unimpressed with acupuncture in the past? For over a decade, Robert Meduzia has been making a difference for people who thought they had exhausted their options. Don't settle for pain and illness. Call 425-828-6190. That's 425-828-6190. Again, 425-828-6190. The Acupuncture and Sports Clinic of Kirkland. Heal faster, play longer. Hi, I'm Martha Childress with the Natural Choice Network. Join us every Tuesday at 12.30 p.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Each week, we invite leaders from our sustainable community to share their unique visions and valuable insights. You'll learn great tools to make your life greener, healthier, and more sustainable for generations to come. Thank you for making the natural choice. That's the Natural Choice Network every Tuesday at 12.30 p.m. Please join us. Want a faster metabolism? Desperate for more energy throughout the day? 
Food is our most powerful medicine, and on Passionate Nutrition Radio, I'll answer your burning nutrition questions and offer real solutions for your family. On Passionate Nutrition Radio, you'll learn how to transform how you look and feel with the foods that you eat. My name is Jennifer Adler, and I'm a nutritionist, chef, and founder of Passionate Nutrition, a nutrition practice with six locations throughout the greater Puget Sound area. Join me on Passionate Nutrition Radio for a weekly serving of nutrition wisdom. Learn more at PassionateNutrition.com. That's Passionate Nutrition, every Friday at noon. News, traffic, and weather? Now you can get your information fixed weekdays on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Well, I have gathered myself a little bit. Uh, Lisa, that was just an amazing um, story that you told. You told it very very well and beautifully. Thank you for that. Thank you. Um, so let's talk about your event, which has come out of this horrific experience. Okay. Which is this weekend. Yes, it is. Help Bruno sniff out canine nasal cancer. So what all do you have going on this weekend and where? Okay. We've got quite a few things going on uh, for our first year event. It's going to be at Willis D. Tucker Park in Snohomish. Um, it's going to go from 9 to 2 o'clock. We have a meet and greet from uh, Roy, Roy Lewis is going to be coming out uh, from the Seahawks. He is um, an alumni player. Cool. Yeah, he was, um, <clears throat> excuse me, he was awarded the Steve Largent Award, Man of the, the Man of the Year Award. Mm-hmm. We also are going to have the canine unit from the Seattle PD come out. And we're going to be doing a meet and greet. So the kids are actually going to get to uh, pet one of the canine officers, mm-hmm. which is something that most kids don't get to do very often. Yeah. It, yeah. We're also going to have a puppy pageant because I think there's something in puppies that uplift everybody. For sure. And the winning puppy is going to get some awesome prizes. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, uh, Starbucks Coffee has donated 70 cups of coffee in the morning uh-huh. for people that come out to uh, meet Roy Lewis. Uh-huh. Let's see, the Eagles Band, they donated a, um autographed CD. So it's got all four band members towards our cause to help us wow. raise money. Um Madison is going to be wearing a Chase Away Canine Nasal Cancer Vest because she has cancer herself. Mm-hmm. So she's going to be wearing that um, and trying to raise money for Chase Away Canine Cancer. Motley Zoo is going to be out from 11 to 2 with an adoptable dog. We're going to be raising money for them to help with their um, shelter dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. So, yeah, you know, it's going to be people can just come and walk their dogs, you know, throughout the entire event as they as they like, you know, to, to honor dogs that have fallen from this cancer. You know, we just want it to be an easygoing day, you know, and um, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, we, we're going to have a lot of, um, we call our, our sponsors, they're not our sponsors, they're our champions because they're helping us in this fight. So we're going to have like, um, Bustle Feed is going to be out. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. You have this, um, silent auction and then also some raffle items and you've got this huge 
list of all sorts of stuff that's been donated. Um, you mentioned a few of them, like that signed CD. Um, yeah, by yeah. The Eagles. EMP Seattle has um, donated four tickets. Uh-huh. Woodland Park Zoo has donated uh, four four tickets. Uh-huh. Um, let's see, the Museum of Flight also donated four tickets. Yeah. We have three tickets from Harvey's Field, and they can take a tour over Seattle. Cool. Yeah, it's just it's an it's incredible the um the support we've been getting yeah and it the, really is and the thing is to you know what the whole point of the event is to you know raise awareness to celebrate and honor Bruno's life and uh and experience and uh you know raise awareness and educate and to raise money for chase away canine cancer and Motley Zoo. So, you know, there's all of these really, really awesome auction and raffle items that are great. And it's just a really kind of easy way to make a donation and potentially get something cool as a result. But, you know, one in three dogs will be affected by canine cancer in their lifetime. And those are not good odds. And one of the things that I think is really important to to speak about with canine nasal cancer is how um, I read in the information that you sent me about the, you know, household toxins that really play into, you know, in addition to environmental toxins out of the house, but really cleaners and, um, you know, all that kind of stuff that can really contribute to it. Yeah, household toxins can actually even be worse than outdoor toxins. Yeah, I believe it. Because most of us keep our dogs indoors nowadays. So you want to make sure that, you know, you, you do have your house well ventilated. You want to keep it, you, you want to keep check of yourself. I mean, if you're coughing and sneezing and getting respiratory issues quite often, you want to make sure that, that your dog is, isn't being affected by this as well. Yeah. Well, and dog's sense of smell is like exponentially more sensitive yeah. than ours. So even more, um, you know, even more important to make sure that, you know, we, like, what are you washing your floors with? Because I know my dogs mm-hmm. are constantly, you know, picking up whatever crumb or whatever they find on the floor. I mean, they're constantly scouring the floors. And so whatever it is that might be laid down on the floor, they're breathing that in. Exactly. Day yeah. in and day out. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Oh, so... The symptoms that you saw with Bruno, like the nosebleed, um, the the mucus discharge, um, I read that even um, facial deformities can happen in some cases. Right. What do you... Go ahead. No, go ahead. What do you recommend, like, um, have you found out, you know, where... You know, you had... Bruno had all these symptoms that just were... I don't know how, you know, over and over and over again, we're kind Mm -hmm. of, I don't know, not, not ignored or I don't know. I don't really know how that all happened, but is there a different course you would have taken as far as vet, like as far as vet wise, now that you know, if you have a suspicion, like what advice would you give someone if they have a suspicion like, Ooh, my gosh, my, my dog just had a nosebleed yesterday. Well, that could be a piece of grass caught up in their nose or it could be a tumor. So, 
you know, what what if, what course would you recommend for people to really find out? If it would have been, if I would have had a second choice, I would have uh, taken my dog. Like say, it would have been Maddie. I would have taken them to the vet that we see him now, and I would have asked. I would have done a sit down face to face with the veterinarian and had an early screening. I would have asked questions about nasal cancer. I would have asked certain questions. What is a, sar- a sarcoma? How does this spread? Um, you know, what are the stages and what does it mean? What are my treatment options? What do you recommend? Yeah. Um, what are the side effects? You know, there's so many questions. You know, what are the, the, re- the reoccurrences after the treatments? How do you prepare for your dog in the treatment? You know, what is the recovery time? What's the estimated survival time? From there, honestly, I would take my dog straight over to Washington State University's oncology department because their neurology and cardiology, their radiology services there, it's, I mean, their commitment is unmatched. And, um, you know, they, they do so many wonderful things for... Um, comparative oncology because this cancer is so much like like our head and neck cancer. And so you want to take your dog somewhere where they understand this cancer. Yeah. There's so many different kinds too. Um, And nasal cancer is a relatively small percentage of, uh, you know, I think uh, nasal tumors, it says, make up approximately 2% of all cancers seen in dogs. And there's just so many. I um, interviewed Lola Ball, who's the author of When Your Dog Has Cancer. And that mm-hmm. was one of the things that really struck me initially was like, oh, my gosh, there's so many different kinds and they all there, behave differently. They do. But, you know, when you think about it, 10,000 dogs in five years, that's mm-hmm. a lot of dogs. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's only the number based on diagnosed, documented accounts. That's not right. on the number right. that has been misdiagnosed. Yeah. Because if we hadn't pushed with Bruno, his mm -hmm. would have been, you know, undiagnosed. Right. Yep. Yeah. Well, um, it just, I recommended when I interviewed Lola, When Your Dog Has Cancer, um, was her book, is her book. Mm -hmm. How important it is for people now to get informed about canine cancer. Because it's one in three, you guys. It's like likely one in three. So it's, I think it's not everybody's favorite subject, but to really, I think, get informed because knowledge is power. And if you can get at least somewhat familiar with the symptoms, um, the behaviors of the different cancers, and so that if you see something that sort of rings a bell from what you read or what you researched, you're going to be able to act on it quickly and potentially save your dog's life. So, you know really encouraging anyone who who has a dog to get informed about the different kinds of canine cancer, um, at least minimally, so that we are equipped to help our dogs if it does happen, because it is one in three. I mean, that's one in three. That's a lot of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, ter- it's a terrible statistic. So, well, um, Lisa, thank you so much for coming on the show, for telling your story. So, uh, 
thank you for having me and, yeah. and letting me share. Yeah, I mean, just really beautifully um, honored Bruno's life by sharing his story so authentically. And I know that it was hard, but um, I think, you know, I know that you've you've helped other people so much by giving this information and hopefully helping their dogs. Um, you know, like I said, there may be someone who's in a very similar situation who now has information that wouldn't have otherwise. So thanks so much for doing that. And I hope that the event this weekend is a huge success. It sounds Thank awesome. You. And uh, best of luck to you. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back in just a few minutes with uh, our last segment of this week's The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. I was the archetypal loser. I was a pageant con bad. Then there was you on time and wagging your tail in the cutest mind. Then you was in jail. I said, What's be mine? And you gave away the man. I was no longer alone. This is Julie Forbes, dog training, behavior, and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog, thoughtful guidance for you and your dog. If your dog needs basic obedience training, a behavior evaluation, or food consultation, I can help you. Call me at 206-372-7399 or visit my website, www.sensitivedog.com. I teach group obedience classes, in-home lessons, and evaluations, and a two-week intensive training program called Higher Education. Again, I'm Julie Forbes, Seattle's dog behavior training and nutrition specialist www.sensitivedog.com This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to Canine Caviar, we cover the world of animals. This week, August 18th, always entertaining, Kevin McDonald and Kim Miller Medium and Animal Intuitive host the show for me. They'll have open phone lines so Kim can help you connect with your animal or human loved ones on this side or the other. Plus, it'll be your last chance to win free tickets to the open house and barbecue fundraiser at Macaw Rescue and Sanctuary Incarnation. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Hi, I'm Pat Polly. Tune into my show, Get Active, each Tuesday at 12 noon on Alternative Talk, 1150. Each week, we invite a guest to talk about one of the wonderful activities in the Puget region, ones that you may want to participate in. We'll focus on how adult beginners can comfortably get into all of these activities. You'll learn a lot about how you can get active. Be sure to listen. That's Get Active with me, Pat Pauly, at 12 noon each Tuesday on Alternative Talk 1150. Like what you hear? Be sure and support the sponsors who support your favorite programs on Alternative Talk 1150 a.m. And I said, Lord, I'm happy Welcome back to the dog show with Julie Forbes. Wow, that was quite an interview and uh, very, very moving. Um, Such a great job. You know, there's so many stories like this, like uh, Sierra Rooster, who's the founder of Chase Away Canine Cancer, who, which is the organization that will be uh, benefiting from this event um, that's happening locally, help Bruno sniff out canine nasal cancer. And you can find them on Facebook, both of them, Help Bruno Sniff Out Canine Nasal Cancer. And then you can also find Chase Away Canine Cancer on Facebook. And um, both of these now, I know Chase Away Canine Cancer was born out of um, Sierra's, who's the founder, experience with her dog Chase, who died of canine cancer. 
And um, Susan Thixton, who's the founder of TruthAboutPetFood.com, who's on fire, who I've had on the show several times over the years. TruthAboutPetFood.com, her book, Buyer Beware, awesome book, by the way, highly recommend it. Um, That was all born out of her dog dying from bone marrow cancer from an, an ingredient in pet food. And it's just so um, inspiring to learn about all of the people out there who were so um, uh, just brokenhearted, for one, but moved to do something about this experience. It's like I, I was talking with Sierra, who uh, was participating in the Puget Sound Doc Dogs event um, at Bite of Seattle. She's the founder of Chase Away Canine Cancer. And she was like, um, I'm kind of a bitch. And I won't say any more swear words than that, Eric. But um, she was like, and she was comparing herself to a, a female dog that was yes. really driven. Yes, yes, a powerful female. Um, because we were talking about her inspiration to start Chase Away Canine Cancer. They have raised $726,000. Which is amazing. That's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I'm a bitch. And she was like, don't mess with my dog. Don't mess with my dog. You know, talking about cancer and was re- just moved to do all of this stuff. And sorry, I said it again. It is it's, a female dog. It, it's the dog show. You and can say And it is bitch. the technical, okay. the technical word okay. for female dog. It's... Okay, good. Um, <laughs> so anyway, really cool to see that happening. People out there making something out of something that's so tragic. That's really just doing doing good in memory of the dogs and just the power. What I'm present to is the power of the connection and the relationship that just carries on. It's so awesome. Lola Ball, she wrote that book, When Your Dog Has Cancer, because she lost two of her dogs to cancer. I mean, you know, over and over and over again, it's happening. So just really well done, this part of humanity that is acting, you know, so beautifully in memory of their pets who they have lost really beautifully and very powerfully. So real quick, before we go, um, this fall, I'm going to be starting a book club through the radio show. Cool. Yeah. So I'm not sure if I'm going to have people, I think we'll probably have like a local meeting potentially, but at the very least it's basically we'll be letting everybody know with some notice about the, the book in the next, in the coming month mm-hmm. that we'll read. And then I'll interview the author at the end of the month on the show. Sounds like a great idea. And potentially have people, like, if you know, they can submit call their questions. in yeah. or call in and talk. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Now, the problem is just going to be choosing the books because there's so many. A lot of great options. Great ones. Yeah. So that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to starting that this fall. I'm not a huge summer person, so I'm really looking <laughs> forward to fall anyway. And I'm sick of seeing dogs that are dying of heat and people having them out midday and just tongues hanging out and stuff. But so remember to be careful. Don't let your dog stay in the car at all or even in direct sunlight when it's hot out. Fortunately, today it's nice and cloudy. That's right. So the pets are comfortable. It's perfect to take your dog for a walk. It is a perfect day to take your dog for a walk. Not raining, not sunny, nice and cool. My kind of weather. Very comfortable. Eric, see you next week. Sounds good. Next Wednesday, live at 2 p.m. 
You can listen to all of our shows archived on our website, dogradioshow.com. Find us on Facebook, and you can also download all of our over 225 episodes on iTunes as a free podcast. Thanks for listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes.